Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 79 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, last episode we did, we went through the whole position player side of the Toronto Blue Jays roster. We gave our thoughts and what our expectations were for the players, who could exceed expectations, who might struggle this year. And today, we're going to do the same thing for our pitchers, taking it to the bump, as they say. We're going to start on topics with how good can our top guys be? Is there another gear for guys like Alec Manoa and Kevin Gosman? And what is it going to take for the guys like Yusei Kikuchi and Jose Brios to turn it around to really make this Blue Jays uh, pitching staff elite? Plus, thoughts on the bullpen. Every team needs a good bullpen, and the Blue Jays are going to have some questions in there. But first, Riley, make our guys remember our show is free and available on all platforms. So please, if you're watching us on YouTube, like the video, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and you can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. But first, Riley, what's up? How are you today? Jesse, doing really, really well. Winter's kind of starting to finally come about, and it's almost February, but you know what? That's just the wacky weather we've been getting. Jesse, Mm -hmm. I'm super excited, man. I'll be honest. A lot of times when, you know, we talk pitching, I'm not a guy who knows an incredible amount about pitchers. I feel like, you know, since, since... I've been around the game of baseball. I think this is the most I know about any team's pitching staff, and I think that I can give a pretty good idea. Now, I was not not anyone who pitched, but I I mean, you said it, Jesse. We got guys who can crack elite levels, and I think, Mm -hmm. Jesse, our bullpen is well underrated. I think we have an elite bullpen, too, too, or the possibility to have four guys that really carry that team. Um, Man, I mean... I was looking at our Twitter, Jesse, Mm -hmm. and you put together a great poll on our Bud's Blue Jays channel, and we we got a unanimous vote for Alec Manoa. Everyone agreed that he would have a better year. Better year than what, you may ask? Well, this (laughs) stat cast, I don't know if this is a robot. Whatever algorithm it is, I have a great with this. I know it's probably not one specific person. It's it's an equation that is put in and is run through the, you know, the ringer on on what his outcome is going to be. And it had him at a four point four Oh three ERA. If I'm right. not mistaken, the steamer, ERA the over four, yeah. which I, th- yes, the steamer projection. I think that's just ridiculous and no way, shape or form. Is that number going to be like, it's not going to be in the fours. I can tell you that there's a guy who finished third in Cy Young voting and had an ERA of two to four last year, mm-hmm. a whip under one. He got 16 <laughs> wins for us. I mean, he was our for sure ace. And you're coming out with, he's going to have a four year. I don't know if like moving the fences in 10 is going to like crack him up uh, almost 1.8 earn run, earn runs a game. I don't know, man. Crazy talk. Alec Manoa third and Cy Young last year, and he has a chance to to take the hill this year and just take off and possibly win the award, man. Unbelievable. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, I'm going to tell you what that Seamer projection is for Alec Manoa in 2023. When Seamer came out, and you know, usually as a whole, these projection systems do do pretty good at projecting what a player is going to do. But Seamer had Alec Manoa for an ERA over four, over 200 innings pitch. But his strikeout and walk rate would be roughly the same, but a, a, a FIP over four, and his WAR would be cut in half from 4.1 to 2.6. It was almost laughable, especially if you're like me and you, Riley, who watched Alec Manoa pitch all last year. It seemed like sometimes he was just going on cruise control. Now, I did have to look this up. I had to figure out why, what is going on here? And why did Seamer think Alec Manoa is going to do this? Because they're smart people. They kind of know what they're talking about here, right? So I looked it up and there was a good article over at Fangrass by uh, Justin Choi, who said stuff like the things that Alec Manoa does well is stuff that the projection systems can't really buy into stuff like his um, 
home run to fly ball rate, which was about every time he gave up a fly ball, it turned into a home run only 7% of the time. League average is closer to 12, right? Same with his strand rate. Alec Manoa stranded 83% of the base runners that got on base. League average is 73. His Babbitt Riley, 244. League average is 290. So I think the steamer projections are thinking that Alec Manoa is going to regress back to the mean here, which in theory... Law of averages and stuff, we've talked about it before, makes a lot of sense. But if you look through Alec Manoa's career, he really does have a talent for suppressing hard contact, for limiting these things, for inducing a lot of pop-ups, for getting soft ground balls. So I don't think the projections are taking into that. This might be a skill that Alec Manoa has where, like, we've seen it. We've seen that he's really good at doing this, and the steamer projections just aren't accounting for that. You want to talk about a guy who misses the barrel of the bat. You want to talk about a guy who can strand runners on. There's a, a you know, an, an underlining, you know, thing we're missing here. And that's that clutch gene, as they call it. And I truly believe Alec Manoa has that clutch gene where he can perform in big games, not even big games. He can perform. He can. I mean, how often did this guy get a quality start? It seemed almost every time. Yes, there was the occasional blow up, but I mean, nothing too bad for Alec Manoa. This is a guy who is extremely clutch and down the stretch. He was fantastic for us. He started out the year. Great. He has just as soon as he stepped foot and towed the rubber at the Rogers center, he has just been amazing, man. I mean, I know that there the laws of averages and things like that, but there are some definitely, you know, some almost some witchcraft in baseball of what you want to <laughs> call it. Right. That go on in Alec Manoa's game. I mean, it's a thing of beauty, man. He's, he's one of the best pitchers in the American league. And soon I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be far off by saying he will be one of the, if not a top arm in all of major league baseball. This is one of those things too. The blue Jays have had in the past. Like uh, we had Marco Estrada here for years. He was one of these guys that was always so good at inducing soft contact. And like the projection systems never liked him. Ross Stripling was this way last year too. Just every time batters would hit it, it would make for weak contact. We're going to talk about Chris Bassett a little later in the show, but he does that very well too. And Riley, I want to flash you back actually to one year ago today. What were we saying about Alec Manoa entering the 2022 season? I think we were saying what he was coming off his rookie season. He looked really good, but you know, this is going to be his first full big league season. We're not sure what to expect. We weren't sure we were going to get a sophomore slump. And he came out of the gates firing hot, Riley. I remember he was probably our best starter early in the year, and he carried it on. As the season got on, I remember he went into a lull in about around mid-August, where I think there, I remember there was a start against Detroit. He gave up four or five earned runs, and he followed that up his next start against Baltimore, where he also allowed four or five earned runs, and we're thinking, oh no, maybe Alec Manoa is wearing down here. He's put a lot on his work. You know, he is a big body, a big frame pitcher, so we thought maybe he might be in trouble here. He comes out his next start, I think it was in Pittsburgh, and I think he went eight shutout innings, and he was dominant the rest of the year getting into the postseason. So, Riley, I guess I gotta say to you, Going into his third full season, what are your expectations for Alec Manoa this year? I mean, the, uh, the projections had it right for sure. I mean, this is a guy who I he was just shy of the 200, 200 inning mark last year. I mean, <laughs> give this guy 200 innings and he will give you an absolute dominant year. I mean, yes, there'll obviously be times where he does give up four and runs, perhaps five and runs in a ball game. But more often than not, this is a guy who's going to take you deep into a game, give your bullpen a little bit of the, of the break. And I mean... If he can, if he can continue what he's doing, and that's uh, you know, you know, still striking guys out at a very consistent rate, not a guy who's going to have twelve Ks oh, yeah. per nine 
anything like that. I believe his current strikeouts, well, his hits per nine is his hits per nine is six. I think that's amazing. Um, still strikes guys out, doesn't walk a ton of guys. I mean, he, he hits quite a few batters, but that's whatever. I mean, Alec Manoa is the guy that on paper is almost foolproof. And I think, Jesse, we watched this guy. He's a foolproof guy. He's an ace for any ball club. We're lucky to have him in Toronto. He's our guy. And, I mean, he got 16 wins for us. I hope he gets 18 or more this year. I card Alec Manoa deserves those wins. And, yeah, maybe, you know what, sub sub one was fantastic. It's anywhere with, you know, oh, oh yeah. a 10 Manoa this year. Okay, yeah. Uh, sorry, we're having a little bit of connection issues there. Bear with us here. We'll get those figured out here. But, yeah, Alec Manoa has four pitches, and they all grayed out well, Riley. The best thing is his four-seamer and a sinker pair really well together, and that four-seamer that Alec Manoa has, Riley, is the best weapon. It had a negative 19 run value last year, Riley. Sixth best in all of baseball. I think it was second best in the American League alone. It was absolutely dynamite against right-handed batters last year, too. Riley, righty's only hit 159 with a 211 on base percentage and only hit five dingers off him in 2022. And yeah, just one of the best in game. The only cons I can see in Alec Manoa's game, which aside from, you know, some of the stuff regressing to the mean, which we talked about earlier, is the strikeout numbers aren't what they were. You know, they they really did take a drop. They went from being 75th percentile in whiff percentage in 2021 down to below average in 43 and 20 percent and to 43rd percentile in 2022, as well as his K percentage dropped about five percentage points. Does that worry you at all that he's not striking out as many batters as he did in years past? I mean, hey, he came in last year and he struck out 180 batters. I mean, that's it's a, yes, he's probably not going to be a guy who strikes out 200 batters in a season ever. But you know what? He's still a guy. He's still a guy who will get guys out in a lot of different ways. And I think that our the defense that plays behind him is important in playing a role in that as well, keeping runners off base, doing doing things right when the ball's hit in the park. Um, and the and the great thing is that Alec Manoa doesn't give up the long ball a whole lot. So I mean, I doesn't I don't have a problem with pitchers not striking guys out. And the fact that it is Alec Manoa, and I feel very comfortable when even the ball is hit off the bat and it's from a pitch that he's thrown. I feel confident in in whatever he does on the mound. Of course, yes, there's always going to be the negative side that a guy's going to you know hit a wall scraper off him, or yeah, a guy might take him deep sure. for 425 feet, whatever. I mean, at the end of the day more quality starts than any sort of you know hiccups in a start and i striking out guys or not he's gonna do fine so i think you and me are both in agreement here his steamer projection of 4.03 era and a 2.6 where i think we're with our twitter followers right that we're both thinking better for that in 2023 right Oh, absolutely. I mean, the guy just about had a six war season. I mean, it's <laughs> yes. just, just straight disrespect <laughs> to Alec Manoa, who is going to do great in Major League Baseball next year, the year after that, for years to come. And this guy is this guy is a Toronto, hopefully a Toronto Blue Jay f- future um, headstone yes. for us. Let's I get mean, that he's, extension. He's just amazing. Oh, get, baby. Yeah. yeah. Sign this guy what he deserves. All right. Well, moving on to another pitcher, Riley, and somebody I think might be even better than Alec Manoa this year. And that is Kevin Gosman. And Riley, last season and what was his first season as a Toronto Blue Jay, I'd say rousing success for Mr. Kevin Gosman. 12 and 10, 335 ERA over 174 and a half innings pitched and a 5.4 war season, Riley. And 
He had the peripheral stats under the hood that was even better than that. His real bread and butter, Riley, was that nasty splitter he throws. Batters at 192 against that pitch, and the expected batting average was even lower than that. And the thing that really caught my attention, Riley, was an eye-popping 44.5 whiff percentage on that pitch. Just under half the time he throws that splitter, somebody is swinging and missing at it. Like, that is amazing. And if you look at the heat map on this pitch, which I'll put up on YouTube here if you're watching, he consistently hammers that splitter right on the lower edge out of that zone. It truly is one of the best individual pitches in all any pitcher has in baseball, and I can't wait to see more of it this year. I mean, at one point or another, there was a time where people thought the earth was flat and boats would just fall off the edge of the earth. And you want to talk about something falling off the edge of the earth. The splitter falls off inches from that plate it takes a huge drop and dive i mean whatever angle you're looking at gosman pitch we all we in tv land get to watch from behind the mm-hmm. pitcher from center field mm-hmm. and we can see the effects that pitch ha- has on it on a hitter and i mean just guys looking foolish up there and you mix that with it with a pretty good slider and a very effective fastball i mean there were starts where he was absolutely lights out and dominant. I mean, he'd go on stretches, strike eight batters out in five innings, and it just looked fantastic. Man, I totally agree with you. Uh, Gosman's really resurrected his craft as a pitcher, really, you know, came back from, you know, not so good years in Baltimore and, yeah. you know, moved past that. And now with us in Toronto and like absolutely fantastic 2022 year. And yeah, I'm with you, Jesse. I think I think it's going to be the same kind of stuff from Kevin Gosman this year in 2023. Not only were his numbers good, Riley, I mentioned earlier, a lot of the expected stats were even better. I think a lot of his stats are going to normalize. He went from walking around 7% of the batters he faced down to 4% last year, Riley. His strikeout to walk ratio, fifth best in all of baseball. The only pitchers who are better than him, let me know if you've heard of these guys before. Shohei Otani, Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, and Aaron Nola. That is some really good company to be a part of here. And a lot of that damage that was hit against him this year, Riley, was because he had a BABIP of 363. We've mentioned it before. Not only was that the most in Major League Baseball last year, it was the highest all-time out of any other pitcher in Major League Baseball history. If that comes, like that's going to creep back to league average for sure. And if it takes a big significant drop, which it could, to go along with the better outfield defense this team has, I'm expecting that stat to normalize and Kevin Gosman is going to be significantly better. Riley, he is my pick to win the AL Cy Young award this year. And I'm locking that in with a bullet right now. Wow. That I love that you say that with so much conviction and Mm -hmm. confidence. I have, I have nothing to dock that the players we've added um, in our outfield in the great infield that we already have. I mean, it's almost a no brainer. You talk about it that, that when he keeps the ball in the ballpark and he does what that, with that heavy splitter and is, is good picks pitch mix with that slider as well. Um, yeah. The outfield help is, is huge, man. I mean, yeah. Um, balls that were hit in play. I mean, it's an unlucky thing that baseball, there are some things you can't control. And for those stats to normalize and for Kevin Gosman to basically pitch the same as he did last year. I mean, tremendous. I can't even really fathom those stats. I mean, what's <laughs> it? It's a bloop single or it's a pop out. Like we don't, we don't know what exactly the play is, but he still had a fantastic year last year. And mm-hmm. that's even with, you know, just, just pure bad luck. I mean, usually yeah. bad luck can get you an over five ERA. No, he worked his butt off, got a little bit unlucky and still finished as one of the best pitchers <laughs> yes. in the American League. Yes, absolutely. And that's the point I'm trying to make here. Like, it's insane. Like, I remember he had a start against the White Sox in Chicago last year where I think he gave up like nine hits over five innings or something like that. And if you look at all nine hits he gave up, 
soft ground ball in between Chapman and Bobachet, a little flare that Rymel Tapia had a bad jump to and couldn't get it. And it was just a ton of those that led up to why he only could go five innings, gave up his nine hits and gave up three earned runs. Like he's going to be significantly better than that. I'm buying a Kevin Gosman jersey this year. I can't wait. I'm buying the hype. The only con I could really see in his game, Riley, is he does seem to tend to give up a lot of line drives when players do make contact against him. So it seems, you know, line drives are good. You get more hits out of line drives than anything else. So that could be a reason why his Babbitt was so high and inflated. Do you think there's anything to this or is it just we're, we're grasping at straws trying to find something here? I mean, let's we're, we're I mean, he's no he's not the perfect ball player. No ball player is perfect. Sure. We can look through everybody and see, you know, flaws in their games. But I'd rather, hey, a line drive or a deep fly ball. I mean, if it stays in the yard and we have the outfield that's fielding out there, we have a chance to get those get those baseballs. I mean, if it's a line drive that falls in for a base hit. Well, that's a runner off first base. Unless the mm-hmm. bases were loaded or runners in scoring position, not going to hurt us. And the the amount of times he's going to do that won't really be substantial in, let's say, seven out of nine innings. It's seven innings he's pitched. I think that, Jesse, I'm very much on your side where I think these numbers are going to normalize. Our defense with with Varsho and Kiermaier, I think the mm-hmm. speed we have out there is great. I mean, if Bobashek can kind of, you know, figure out a little bit more Bobachet, Vladdy Glover, Chapman, yep. pl- former Platinum Glover. Like we got guys that can play defense behind him. And I still, I'm not worried. He could have a subpar defense behind him. And I still think he would have a great season coming up. Steamer projects 345 ERA and a three and a half war season. Riley taking the over. You're taking the under for 2023. I mean, I've I, in, the, in the polls. I definitely voted. I, I'm with you. I bet uh, voted better for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on this one. Not by a ton, though, Jesse, but absolutely cool. better. I think he's going. I, I, I think he's going to have a fantastic year. Hey, I'm not going to say sub three ERA, but I'm going to say that he could flirt with that for sure. I'm going to say a sub three ERA. Gosman is winning the Cy Young Award here. And when he does, you heard it here first on Buds and Blue Jays in this cold January evening. It's where you're going to get it. Uh, our next pitcher is our new free agent acquisition. He's going to replace Ross Stripling in this rotation. That is right-handed pitcher Chris Bassett. Last season with the Mets, Riley, he was quite good. I know you know him well from his time with the Oakland A's. 15-9, and 3.46 ERA in a two-and-a-half war season, over 181 and two-thirds innings pitch. And his claim to fame, Riley, is he's going to be that soft contact guy. The Jays have had some success with their soft contact guys in the past. I mentioned Ross Stripling, Marco Estrada, or two have come to mind. And Bassett's going to fit right into that mold. In fact, looking up some stats for this episode here, Riley, Chris Bassett was the fifth best in all of baseball in average exit velocity against him. So when guys just made contact against him, the ball just was slower than anyone else in Gundam. So that's going to be how Chris Bassett's going to be getting his outs with this team. Riley, what are your thoughts on Chris Bassett going into 2023? Chris Bassett is no spring chicken. There's no question about it, but he signed free agency with the New York Mets for the 2020 season. He pitched absolutely fantastic last year. This is a a guy who never pitched over 160 innings. He went out there and hurled just slightly above 180 and won 15 games, also the highest of his career. He's not going to strike a lot of guys out nor walk a lot of of guys. But you said it, Jesse, soft contact is the important thing with Chris Bassett. And yes, the New York Mets were great. I don't think that he's ever played, aside from Matt Chapman and Matt Olson, when he was in Oakland. Mm -hmm. This will be the best defensive team team that will surround him at this point in his career and I I think that I think that goes hand in hand with it as well I think that Chris Bassett's going to be fantastic 
Um, I really hope he stays healthy. And I hope that he gives us numbers close to, if not better, than what he did with the Mets last year. He's absolutely fantastic. The New York Mets had a great pitching staff last year and plagued with some injuries. Of course, that's how baseball works. Bassett really stepped up, took on a big role there and yeah, signed with us, man. Can't go wrong with it. I absolutely love the signing at the time. I still love it now. I mean, he's a, he's a great fit with this, with the makeup of this team. He's going to be fascinating to watch too, because he is really a true six pitch pitcher. Like you don't see a lot of these guys in the big leagues anymore, like fastball, sinker, cutter, slider, curveball, changeup. He throws them all consistently. The sinkers the most, but 33% of the time, but um, his best pitch probably is that sinker. He does throw it well, but Riley, I'm enamored with Chris Bassett's curveball. Batters hit 156 off it, slugged under 200 against it, and it's your big, slow, looping curveball. It's aesthetically pleasing to watch, and uh, if you haven't seen it yet, Jays fans, wait till he takes the mound on this team. You're going to see that big, looping curveball. It's going to be fun, and the ground ball rate is quite high. It rose to a career high last year. And with Matt Chapman and hopefully better defense from Bo Bichette and this good infield, it should result in more outs. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we get from Chris Bassett this year. Yeah, I mean, it is different than a lot of guys. I mean, if it's a three-game series and we start with Manoa and then go to Gosman and then go to Bassett, I mean, you're facing, yes, potentially three right-handed pitchers that are, you know, taller guys, larger guys, like, you know, not big huge guys but Noah's sure. the strapping dude but God's been <laughs> a bassin about the same build mm-hmm. I mean you, you would think you're facing three pitchers but you're really not um and Chris Bassett, him being a, a veteran, he's been in the league. Um, another guy who throws, you know, those those down pitches, pitches down in the zone. And Gosman, the down pitches, throwing pitches down in the zone. I mean, there's a lot. It's a lot. Pete Walker salivating here. The guys oh, yeah. he has he's to, have work work to with. I mean, mm-hmm. it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I like, hey, man. I as as me being you know the if I wasn't Canadian I'd probably be an A's fan. Um, I loved when Bassett was pitching for the Athletics. He did a fantastic job on you know a pretty average team for the most part, but didn't didn't actually pitch a ton. And I wished he did. Now better better scenario comes along. He's probably going to fit in our three spot in Toronto, and I absolutely love it because since then, Jesse, he's really improved his game, and this is, you know, after the age of 32, so kudos to him, man, for being able to stick with and be in the league still. Steamer projects him for a 399 ERA and a 2.2 war season over 180 uh, innings pitch, Riley. Better or worse than that in 2023? I, I had I think I had it right along the same line. I would love to be a dreamer and say that yeah, it's going to be a ton better. But I think that's I think that's about what you're going to get, man. And I think that's fine for a number three pitcher. Twitter followers thought the same thing. Fifty seven point one percent thought that line is just right. It's going to come down to how many of those ground balls get through and how many of those are turned into outs for how, what the stats are going to look like for Chris Bassett this year. Moving on, Riley, to what might be the biggest X factor for the Toronto Blue Jays going into the 2023 season, and that will be the performance of Mr. Jose Barrios. And Riley, his first full season in Toronto last year, without a doubt, was a disappointment. Our opening day starter pitched to a 12-7 and record, 5-11 ERA, and only got 1.1 war in his 172 innings pitch. And... I, you know, I will say it was stressful at times watching Jose Brio's pitch. I was terrified every time he took the mound, but uh, we really thought at the end of the 2021 season, he had turned a corner when we had got him from the trade deadline from Minnesota. He was really good down the stretch for our team here, and he was consistently putting in ERAs between the mid threes and low fours and his twice put up a four war season, Riley, but it just did not come together his first year in Toronto. What do you think we're going to get from Mr. Brio's this year? 
Oh man, I would. I mean, here I he was my one of my favorite, if not my favorite pitcher coming from the American League Central. This guy showed so much promise and hope, man. I mean, I just it's 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 hard. There's a lot of really negative things. The fact that he gave up so many home runs, the fact that his strikeout rate really went down, the fact that he had like just an atrocious whip. He just gave up hits. It just yeah, one, he just got whip. hit around. That's, he that's gave up tough. too much heart. <laughs> Uh, that, that's that's bad for a guy who starts for you on opening day. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made he he made out. I don't know how Jesse with a winning record, and that's by five wins. I think run that support, is absolutely baby. crazy. Run support is great. That's one thing the Jays are going to do, and we can always yeah. count on that. But a five twenty three earned run average is it, it, just not it's not good. That if you're not Jose Barrios, it, it, that gets you sent down to the minors, something mm-hmm. like that. Like if if it weren't Jose Barrios, like he probably like we'd be making moves here. But this is a guy that we've invested a lot of money in. And he's been a good pitcher. He can be a good pitcher. Like I said this before, and I'm going to say it again. There is no way, Jesse, that Jose Brios finishes next this year coming up with a fiver and run average or a oh. whip that is higher than 1.5. Like, there's no way. There's there's absolutely no way. Laws of averages, Jesse. I don't think it's, sti- it's got- statistically it's statistically possible, but it isn't statistically <laughs> possible. He's got the track record too, which I think is what you're betting on here, right? Like Jose Brios is going to uh, figure it out. And, you know, I will say some guys do struggle their first year after getting the money. They try to live up with expectations, you know, and say, hey, the team believes in me. I'm going to put the load on my shoulders and try to perform. And maybe that's what happened here with Jose Barrios, right? There were also some rumors going around. No, I don't want to touch on this much because I don't know a lot, but there was just some rumors that things were going on in his personal life that maybe could affect, you know, these guys are human, right? They can affect their performance on the field. So maybe there was something like that. But if you look at the data and some of his pitch metrics on the season, Riley, he was quite bad in a lot of stuff. Like he was bottom 10% in the league and expected batting average, slugging percentage, ERA, expected Woba and expected Woba on contact. And a lot of that came because his pitches were located poorly, especially the four seam fastball Riley, which was thrown right down the middle of the plate a lot. And their stat cast has a stat called run value where Brios's four seam fastball was third worst in all of baseball or sorry, all of the American league. Only Chris Bubich of Kansas city and Kyle Bradish of Baltimore had worse four seam fastballs than Jose Brios last year. That needs to be an improvement. If we're going to see a good Jose Brios this year. I mean, he's got to ride his secondary pitches a little bit more, maybe add a cut, cut fastball as his primary. I don't know. Pitches that break, pitches that move, velocity and location don't seem to be a sting. I mean, it's got to be, he's got to rely on some movement now. I mean, is he got, I doubt Jesse, if you're going to, if, you're not getting one thing back with Jose Brios. I don't, I think his velocity is going to stay down. If anything, I think the control can be kind of reestablished. And I think the movement on the pitches and, you know, pitch location where they finish in the zone or out of the zone. I think that Jose Brios could totally, you know, manage that into his game. But I think we've lost the velocity part of Jose Brios, which is kind of sucky. He was never a fireballer for any means, but I think he's now bottom half of the league. If not, you know, the bottom quarter for, for velocity on his fastball now. And I mean, when you're not locating your fastball and it's already kind of a cookie, I mean, you're going to get hit around, man. 
Yeah. Do you take any saving grace, Riley, that he did still show flashes of dominance this year? He had a start at Detroit, eight innings pitch, one earned run, one walk, five strikeouts. He had a game that I was actually at, seven innings pitch, two earned runs, two walks, and 13 strikeouts. He also had a 13 strikeout game against Philadelphia. No other Blue Jay, Riley, no, had more than 10 strikeouts in a game, and Brios got to 13 twice last year. What do you take away from this? Because it's still in there. The stud pitcher is still there. Just how are we bringing this out? I mean, you're talking about a guy who that was just it's streaky. I mean, he look, look, you could blame it. You could blame it on personal matter or you can blame it on performance. I'm not putting the blame anywhere specific, but he just was not good last season. Yeah. And he has a real chance to to be a better pitcher. And I believe that is something he's he. He's going to, to do. I mean, there's no there's no two ways about it. He will not be as bad as he was. And that's not even throwing a jinx on him, man. He will not be as bad as he was last year. He will find a way. And Jesse, I mean, look, two strikeout two games where you strike out 13 batters is absolutely fantastic. Yep. That's great. I will take I will take those starts any day of the week. But the problem is when you got up when you have one of those flashes of excellence, let's say two two starts in a row, but then the next three games you can't get out of the fourth inning. I mean, yeah, what good is yeah, what good exactly. is that, man? That's that's the problem I had with this campaign last year is that there were just way too many blowups, not enough quality starts, just getting hit around too much, and the games where he didn't seem to strike out anyone, like it didn't seem like he was striking out anyone. When he got hit, he got hit bad he got hit hard and he got hit off the manners like i know the flashes of dominance are great i would just you know like a little more camaraderie and it starts like you know maybe try and even it out a little bit more i mean it keeps the nerves down too because it was a roller coaster for him in 2022 man watching some of his starts were stressful last year but hey we managed to win him and that's what matters seamer projects his line for a 414 ara a two-war season over 176 riley where are you standing on jose barrios I had that, Jesse. I had that right in line. In fact, I actually might have voted on the better side of things, but I think for the I, – I, I definitely didn't vote worse. I, I think I voted right in line with that. Yeah, 70% of fans uh, voted that Jose Barrios is going to be better than that. A lot of people are drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm just – that fastball is so bad, and that needs to take an improvement in order for Jose Barrios to take an improvement. And I'm I'm very nervous, but hey, there's a switch in there. And if Jose Brios can find it, he's already been working in Dunedin in spring training. So it seems like he's determined to figure this out. And that'll if he's back to the normal guy we think he could be, it's going to go a long way for the Blue Jays having World Series aspirations this year. Riley, from one guy that made us nervous when we watched pitch to another guy who made us nervous when we watched pitch, and that's Yusei Kikuchi and Riley. Here we go. His first year in Toronto. Was not what I expected as after talking him up all last offseason. The Jays did experiment with his pitch mix coming into the year, which is what you and I kind of expected them to do. But the results did not follow Riley. Six and seven record, 519 ERA, and a negative 0.7 war. He battled his way through many starts. Um, Charlie Montoyo and then John Schneider were able to roll him out there. But eventually they had to take him out and move him to the bullpen in mid-August, Riley. The pros for Yusei Kikuchi? Something I really liked, the strikeout rate took a big leap forward in 2022. His K per nine rose to a career high 11.09. His whiff percentage is in the top 15% in all of baseball. And he still throws 95 miles per hour plus from the left side, which is incredibly hard to do. It's very rare that you see that. And if you look at pitchers, this is the big one I like, Riley. If you look at pitchers around Major League Baseball who have similar pitches based on velocity and movement to what Yusei Kikuchi had in 2021, the number one person you get is 2021 Robbie Ray, and he won a Cy Young Award. So there is talent here in Yusei Kikuchi, and boy, 
it went bad and we haven't even talked about the negatives yet. There were a lot of negatives with Yusei Kikuchi. But if you can look at this stuff, you can kind of piece together that if something goes right, there is a superstar here. But hey, a lot has to go right for that to happen. So Riley, tell me what your thinks on Yusei Kikuchi. Jesse, I'm going to start right off. I will I will not even humor you on the positive things because there's a lot of things that you said and you said well. And mm-hmm. to speak highly of Yusei Kikuchi is not is not bad. He he is a, he is a great athlete. He is a phenomenal pitcher. But sometimes I just feel like it's 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 signal calling, maybe not throwing the right pitch at the right time or, you know, having the right tools with you. I mean, yes, extraordinary from the left side of the mound. He throws he throws 95. He has incredible movement on a secondary pitches. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got a great makeup. I mean. On paper, looks fantastic. You put him in a game last year, boom, and yikes, blows yeah. up his starts, man. <laughs> I mean, the worst, the Jesse, the worst thing you want to do, and I mean, it's so last resort, but we had to do it, is sign a guy to a bunch of money who's supposed to be, I mean, we signed him as a bottom starter anyways. That's mm-hmm. fine. I have no problem with that. But then he ends up in our bullpen, and we don't know what to do with him. We already got one of the best closers in baseball. Yeah. We had a pretty good setup guy at the time with Garcia. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, are a couple guys that were rolling out in the eighth inning. And it's like, well, what do we do with Kikuchi? And I mean, we needed someone to come in the ball games, but he was just—he was just—he was just not having it. He was not a starting pitcher at that point in the year. And we had him back up. He came out of the bullpen, did just fine. Listen, this could be a great kind of second coming. I mean, you could let's watch it off the board. 2022. We got this kid from Seattle. Jesse, what's he going to do? Jesse, I don't think that he is what maybe we thought he was, but it kind of goes in the same thing with Brios. Can he be that bad again? I mean, it's a very dangerous question to ask as I'm poking the proverbial baseball gods with that question. Can he be that bad again? And Jesse, I yes, think he again, can, Riley. Yes, he can I, be that bad again. I don't know. I don't know, Jesse. It was a pretty bad campaign, man. It yeah. depends. Right, how many games is he going to start for us? Is he going back in the bullpen? Is he? Is there some? You know, what are what are our options like for him? It's just more or less like we need him to be good, Jesse. We need him to be at minimum. We need him just below league average to to contribute to this team and at least be a factor. I mean, negative. you never want a pitcher or any player with a negative war. You never want a guy with a 5 ERA, let alone a 5-4 or 5-5, whatever his earned run average was mm-hmm. not good. And walking the amount of guys, man, yeah, that's walks, a big thing. walks kill, man. Walks yeah. absolutely kill. Yes, the strikeout rate is fantastic, but Jesse, a lot has to change in this upcoming year for Yusei Kikuchi for him to be um, part of you know the winning part of the equation for us to be able you know to at least compete for the pennant man make at least a real close race he was unpitchable at times last year like you could not have him out there nowhere to go like Jays didn't want to use him they put him in the back end of the bullpen and they just they could not do it and there were too many I like to call quotes uncompetitive pitches last year where hitters didn't even have to think about it. Like pitches in the other's batter's box, pitches that would bounce before they hit the plate. Like if you're going to throw balls, at least make them close, right? So at least the hitter has to make a swing decision. When those pitches are uncompetitive, the hitter automatically can turn them off and go no. And that way they can crush the pitches that are in the zone. And if you think you say Kikuchi got hit hard last year, 
Well, you'd be right. He had the highest exit velocity on fly balls and line drives. No pitcher in baseball got hit harder when they gave up fly balls than Yusei Kikuchi, which just fits right into exactly what we saw last year. Bottom 3% in the league and hard hit percentage, exit velocity against walk percentage and expected ERA. All things that should not have him starting in the big leagues this year. So, Riley, my question to you is, what percent chance do you give Yusei Kikuchi to stay in the rotation all season? And if he does struggle out of the gate, how many starts do you give him before you just yank him? So, I mean, I know I said we got to wipe the slate clean with him. That that can't be true because because yeah. <laughs> I would I would in the perfect world I would like to restart and, and push and 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 push the button to do so. But sadly that can't happen. I mean, he goes out with the same leash that he finished the season with. And I think that's important. Okay. Uh, I think, th- I think that's important that he starts games at the year. Like, you know, here's another chance. It's a, it's a new season. Like, uh, you know, at the top end of our rotation looks great. Um, you know, if you're the if he's starting the fourth or the fifth game of the season, wherever, which I'm assuming it's going to be one of those numbers. I mean, it's probably going to be the fifth start of the year and he's probably going to like it's an A or B. He's either going to pitch a quality start or he is going to get smoked mm-hmm. and not get past the third inning. And Jesse. I honestly, I'm really, really scared for that game. The fifth game of the year will be the most stressful one. I don't care if the <laughs> first two or three went to extra innings. The one where you say Kikuchi pitches, my eyes will be glued, whether I'm watching in TV land or whether I'm at the ballpark. I don't know. But man, I mean, it's going to tell a lot. His first three starts of the year, if the first three starts aren't, I, I say give him three starts take basically i would say give him it go by two week terms to see how he's doing man i mean if he doesn't do good in the first three starts like i'm talking like zero quality starts in a seven or nine right around there basically a plus six era and no quality starts we're pushing the panic button we're getting him out of there right away that's my thought but has he has he put two quality starts together in an era around four we're talking different territory and we maybe mm-hmm. loosen up on the leash let him do was thing. I mean, I'm kind of looking at it as, you know, you play it, you play it start by start, but you really got to keep a close eye on them as the year begins. We are going to be talking about Yusei Kikuchi a lot early in the season. It's probably going to be one of our early season storylines and a guy to watch, especially early on in spring training. Come on, man. I want to wear my Kikuchi jersey with pride this year. So uh, don't let me down, my guy. Our steamer projects him for a 3.86 ERA, which is quite a jump from how he did last year. 117 innings pitch and a 1.1 more season. Riley, where do you stand on Yusei Kikuchi? I, I had this one. I love to support the boys. I had him as worse. I yeah. had him. I think I think I think I had him in my head. I had him for more innings pitched just for usage, but way worse on the not way worse on the ERA, but I would jump a whole run higher. And I don't know about a one war season. I mean, even if he is, if it's point seven, point eight, point nine, I would be super happy if that's what he ended with. Just man. Can't be in the negatives, right? Just yeah, be an above average player. That is that is your goal for this year, man. And he knows that. All right. So we spent the majority of our time talking about those five players, which makes sense. They're our projected starting rotation right now, but they're we're gonna move on to the bullpen now. We don't have to spend as much time on these players. But before we get into it, Riley, I just want to give what is your general take overall on the bullpen? There was a lot of talk going into this offseason that the Blue Jays really need to increase their bullpen. Like the bullpen was the reason we lost in the wild card game, right? So we need to fix that if we're gonna be true world series contenders two questions i guess one do you think this bullpen is good enough 
to win a World Series with as it currently stands? And two, did we do enough to cement that with depth and everything else going into the year? I think first and foremost, we did a fantastic job. We lost Tay Oscar. Mm-hmm. Good reason. Eric Swanson at some point will be the setup arm in this bullpen. I'm certain of that. Um, and I believe that Jordan Romano is a top five closer in all of MLB right now. He might be the fifth best. He might not crack the top three, but he is an elite company. This is a time yeah. where closers are very good and very effective in ball games. And I feel like guys like Garcia and Pop, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of, I feel like there could be a lot of good years just around the corner for these guys. Some of them are some of them are you know older guys maybe not expecting a, a lot from them but i mean i don't feel like we're going to have to a lot of the time i feel like there's i feel like romano has big shoulders swanson's gonna have big shoulders and i think another good year for garcia i mean there's there's just i think we, that we have a bullpen that can t- can take us far yes jesse to win a world series and uh, to win in the playoffs you have to have a good bullpen we know yes this. i mean the team Teams don't win if they don't have pitching. And I feel like we did a good job getting the right arm. Yep. I mean, they have a pitch. We have not pitched one relief inning nor won any inning in, in baseball right now. So we'll know more as the season progresses. But I think on paper, bullpen looks great. I think so, too. Let's not forget Anthony Bass either. Who, yeah, he wasn't as great. He was a little homer prone when he came to Toronto, but he was dynamite with the Marlins. He's going to be another guy back here. And uh, the Jays actually have some options in Buffalo where things click right for them. They have more guys coming up here. Uh, let's not spend a lot of time on either of these guys, but let's just touch on Jordan Romano. Riley, he was an all-star last year. He was added again to 11 ERA with some of the expected stats looking even better. And he was the Blue Jays MVP early in the season last year, converting more one-run saves than any other pitcher in baseball. Eddie into his age 29 season he's still one of the best closers in the game the velocity is there riley by far the fastest in the pen 97 mile per hour fastball which can touch 100 good slider to go with it both pitches grayed out well they get you know good stuff and the hitters just his the big thing with jordan romano too is his extension he's holding that ball as long as he can and not releasing it until he gets closer to the plate which really gives the hitters even less time to react to it and i think that's how jordan romano gets his success the only con I kind of have I guess against Jordan Romano is one he's already worked a lot of high stress innings which can eat on a guy a little bit and he does have a risk of when he does get hit which isn't that often but when it does happen he does get hit hard like his hard hit percentage was in the bottom four percent of the league which could mean maybe Jordan Romano is a little homer prone and that's dangerous as a closer right because one bloop and one blast and all of a sudden it's two and runs and it's a blown save does that concern you at all for Jordan Romano this year I mean, they, let, let's put it this way: there will be blown saves this year for Jordan Romano. There won't, there no, you know, no exception to any pitcher unless you're Boniano Rivera, basically. But Jordan Romano is a guy who had a great season last year, and he held down the fort, man. I mean, this guy was phenomenal. Another guy with that clutch gene, holding on to one-run games in the ninth inning and really winning us those ball games. I mean. What, what what can I say, man? This guy had a chance to win a reliever of the year award. Obviously didn't, but it's absolutely fantastic for us. And I think we're going to see another 35 plus save season for him. One of the ways this Blue Jays team could fall apart is if we struggle out of the closer wall and if we blow leads early. So I don't think that should happen. 
right? But that's, you know, something to keep an eye on. Like, we need to check in on Jordan Romano early in the season, make sure he's still that dominant guy, because that's going to go a long way to the Blue Jays having success this season. Riley, his steamer projection, 339 ERA, 66 innings, pitch 32 saves for Jordan Romano. Where do you fall on that? I'm bumping it up a little bit more. I think um, think better saves. Uh, workload, you know, if we can keep his workload down, that's great. That'd be nice, um, too. Yeah. Um, I, I I mean, 65 innings maybe is what I'm seeing. And 30, you know, 40 saves would be fantastic. I don't, I'm pretty sure I had this one better, man. I'm saying better again. 339 actually sounds about right for me. I think he's going to take a step back from last year, but he's still going to be really good. One of the best ones in the game. Um, I want to text next on Jimmy Garcia, just because he became a really rock solid option. His um his con- free agent contract to add to this bullpen has actually looked pretty good. And he really flourished in a setup role. And he appears kind of slotted in high leverage role. Again, a guy who's going to, you know, face Aaron judge a lot, a guy who's going to play some of the tougher hitters in our division. And um, the big thing with Jimmy Garcia, Riley, is his fastball is elite. Like earlier this episode, we talked how Alec Manoa had one of the best forcing fastballs in all of baseball. You know who was right behind Alec Manoa on that list? It was Jimmy Garcia with a 192 Woba against him. Like he had a better forcing fastball than guys like Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, and Max Scherzer. And aside from a very few amount of small blowups this last year, Riley, Jimmy Garcia was awesome. And I think I expect more of the same going into 2023. Oh, yeah. When he blew up, he blew up bad. But Jesse, he was I mean, you would say that Romano was the MVP for, you know, for us for the first half of the year. And I don't disagree with that. But there was probably a three week stretch where Jimmy Garcia probably was our MVP. I feel like he went. I don't know what month of the year it was. He was absolutely fantastic, man. I feel like he could do it. I feel like he could do it again, man. I mean, this is a. I mean. I, I don't know if he will get the setup role. I, I, I hope that there's a fight for it. There should be a yes. fight for it. And you're, there not will be. Gift, you're not gifted any role, but if he's coming in the eighth inning and he's pitching, it has been pitching well. I mean, starting pitchers, you see him every six, seven, five days, whatever it is. I mean, relief pitchers, I mean, uh, they got to have a short memory. You could get hit around the night before and you're back into the ball game the next night doing a job. Yep. I mean, I Quick feel memory. like... I, I feel like the Garcia composure has got to be there. I think that if he's in those high leverage situations, trying to hold on to a two run lead in the, in the eighth inning, I believe that he is the guy that can do that. And I think that, yeah, he can blow hitters way as a very effective fastball. Um, and work in the secondary pitches. And yeah, another guy that I like, yeah, I'd try and save Romano's arm, but if Garcia's out there going, man, I would just, I would throw, I would throw him, um, not till his arm falls off or anything, <laughs> but you definitely use him in because he can be very effective. He is a free agent after this year too. So I think if the Blue Jays aren't going to resign him, you absolutely use him more, get as much out of him as you can. Steamer projects 406 ERA, 70 innings pitch and a 0.2 war Riley. I think I'm taking the over. I think a mid three ZRA is good. He'll have the odd blow up here or there, but I think over the long body of work of the regular season, Jimmy Garcia is going to be pretty good. Yeah, I'm totally in agreement with you there, as I'm sure the followers will average out that answer. Yeah, he's 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 going to be very effective with us. And you say those numbers. I mean, they're not superstar, maybe not even all star numbers, but absolutely fantastic for a guy signing free, a free agent relief pitcher like Garcia and getting the year we did last year and possibly another great year. Great. Riley, um, we're going to talk a little bit about Eric Swanson here now and um you know, we had the thoughts, but we talked about it when we made the Teoscar Hernandez trade. What are we getting from Eric Swanson and stuff? And I just went back and looked at it, Riley. There is so much red on that StatCast page. Like, it looks on paper like one of the best relievers in baseball. 96th percentile in strikeout percentage, 98th percentile in, like, some of your 
soft contact percentage, and he's really good at getting ground ball rates. He's really good at getting chases out of the zones, and he doesn't walk players, Riley. If you were to draw up a perfect pitcher, what would you say? Well, it throws hard. He gets strikeouts, doesn't walk anyone, and he gets soft contact. Eric Swanson does all of that, everything. And like, I'm trying to look for some cons in his data. And yes, he doesn't have maybe that big of a track record. And yes, maybe moving to a new team could hurt him a little bit. But like all the data says Eric Swanson is a really good pitcher and is going to be even good. And I also love Riley. A good splitter out of the bullpen is good. And we have a guy on our staff with the best splitter in baseball is only going to make Eric Swanson better this year. I can't wait to see what we get out of this guy in 2023. Well, like we both said, Jesse, there's going to be a fight for the eighth inning spot, the setup man. And mm-hmm. it's definitely not, I, I'm not going to say it's gifted to Swanson, but I mean, yeah, on paper looks fantastic. And the few times I did see him with the Mariners, yeah, he posted a phenomenal earned run average. This guy just simply did not get beat when mm-hmm. he came into ball games late. Seattle had a Seattle had a great bullpen great last bullpen. year. They really did. Like yeah. uh, fantastic. And you put that in and it was very much, I mean, I won't say centered around Swanson, uh, but he was a huge part of that man. And now he's a blue jay. We gave up a big price for him. And I think that he I mean, he's a younger, he's our I mean, uh, maybe aside from Zach Pop, he's our youngest relief pitcher. I think that's important. I want to keep this guy nourish him if anything you know um protect this man at all costs in in a sense and you know get him get him the innings because i believe he will get you the results we can kind of pair these next three guys together here and that's anthony bass adam simber and trevor richards all three of them are going to be right-handed options out of the pen now they all pitch differently anthony bass is a big over the top and his kind of tool to success is his slider who is really good riley and i don't know if you look this up his slider had an astonishing 43.8% whiff percentage, which is quite good for Anthony Bass. It is by far his best pitch. He is a little homer prone, though, which we don't love as relievers, right? Home runs can be bad, and, you know, they can turn a fairly good outing into a bad one very quick. But that was really the only gripe. I think he's going to be good this year. Adam Simber is fun. He's different because he's got that funky down under delivery, right, which can be so hard for pitchers to pick up. It could be deceptive, right? But he is a good strike thrower. But the only problem with him is, like, He's really relying on his defense to make outs because you know he's not going to get the strikeouts, right? So if those ground balls get through and those pops get through, it's going to be tough for him. And plus, he's likely not the guy you want on the mound when you need a big strikeout. And Trevor Richards is the last one, kind of the older guy who his strikeout percentage was actually quite high. It's one of the higher ones on the team. But we also saw, you know, some walks with Trevor Richards. We saw some inconsistency with Trevor Richards. So these three, I guess, Riley, these three guys rank them in what order you'd want them pitching in high leverage relief. And if you have any thoughts on these three names, go ahead. I mean, yeah, I definitely have my thoughts, and I think that for the most part, I'll rank them. I'm going to say this, and it's nothing personal, of course. I think I like Trevor Richards the least out of these arms. Sure. Yeah. I don't really know what it is. I, I think <laughs> is that it it's the gray you know, hair. No, it's definitely not <laughs> the gray hair, man. Um, I liked, I liked, I like Bass's delivery, like you said, the over the top with the velocity and the slider for sure. Mm-hmm. And I like, I like the opposite, the the anti Bass, sure, which yeah. is which is the different delivery and the soft thrower. I feel like that's a yin and yang kind of thing going on. I feel like like it, we're a close game. Let's say six, seven inning rolls around and it's a five, five game and we one inning, boom, throw Simber, boom, throw Bass. I mean, you're switching it up big time on them. I mean, that's, 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 
that's pretty big to try and match that. I know different batters in the order are facing them for the opposition, but I feel like in Trevor Richards, he was a guy who got spot starts last year, did not excel in that spot. No, so, not, yeah. not, he did. He didn't listen, and he didn't ask for that, Jesse. But in a way, for me, it puts him in this under the under spotlight. And I just honestly, I like Simber in 2021. 2022 is a little down. Um, as far as Bass goes, yeah, he's aging a bit more. And yes, he does give up the long ball. I still like him as an option to go to as a hard-throwing right-handed pitcher, though. So you're ranking them Anthony Bass, Adam Simber, then Trevor Richards, right? Precisely. Okay. So the Blue Jays actually have built a quite a bit of depth here. We haven't even talked about Tim Mesa yet, who's going to be probably our number one lefty out of the pen. Um, our lefty specialist, and he was good last year. Lefties hit 162 against him, 207 Woba. It's good. The only problem is righties crushed him. Aaron Judge teed him up twice last year for home runs, I think, but he's going to be the guy that's going to get in late into games if we're playing against, like, say, a Rafael Devers or a Wander Franco or a Anthony Rizzo is coming up late in the game and stuff. You're going to see Tim Meza out there. I think we don't have much to add. He's going to be good against lefties. He's going to struggle against righties. He's going to be the same guy he's always been, right? Yeah, and he has good velocity, he has good movement on his yep. slider. Sinker like a slider lefty, guy, yeah. Lefty throws a sli- lefty throws a slider to a left-handed hitter is probably going to make him look foolish. And you add mm-hmm. that with some hard throwing, you know, so he's he's going to get hit. He's going to get hit by the right-handers. There's no question about it. That's just what happens to a, a like a lefty specialist. They change those rules around so you don't just you have to face three batters in as in an inning. If this was old MLB, Mesa would be perfect to just face one lefty and then get yanked. But he's got to face you know a right-handed batter every now and again, and it's a chance we have to take because he's still a specialist in this game. Yeah, and just some other names to keep an eye that may not start on the team in the bullpen, but will definitely be getting innings with the big league club this year. Uh, Zach Pop, who actually. Actually, I think could be sneaky, sneaky, good, good ground ball rate, good chase rate, good stuff. Canadian boy, too, which we love. I think he's going to be a mainstay in this Blue Jays bullpen by the time the season is over. Uh, Nate Pearson, Riley, because I think his time as a starter is officially done. So I think we might see the Blue Jays try to push Nate Pearson and he still throws 100 miles per hour. So that could be a weapon if things break well. And plus, I th- we have a little bet on Nate Pearson, too. I think he's going to get at least 30 innings pitched. So I think there's going to be a chance to see him, too. And let's not forget of names that we've talked about in other episodes. Julian Fernandez, Junior. Fernandez, Jay Jackson, Matt Gage on the left side, Trent Thornton still in this team for some darn reason. Like these guys all might make appearances um, with the Blue Jays bullpen at some point this season. Any thoughts on any of those guys, Ryan? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Pearson's going to have his 29 innings with the club, I think, and I hope he does really well with us. I think, I think the big one here, Jesse, all joking aside, is I, it sucks like Zach Pop is a fantastic arm. Yes, Canadian. Yes, right-hander has a good has a good sinker. Throws a good fastball. I mean, he has a good makeup as a relief pitcher. He's not a, a household name. He's not a high leverage guy. But I feel like Jesse, the sneaky good aspect, and he was great for us when he pitched last year. I mean, yeah, absolutely. He's going to be with the big club. If not, like if he goes out there and has a hauls a great spring training, is something is to happen. Like. He's going to be he's going to be, you know, hitting the ground running or Mm -hmm. I hope so, because he's another guy like with Eric Swanson that I could see, you know, them, you know, basically when it comes time, you know, two, three, even next year when we have to do kind of a bullpen rebuild where you base kind of who you're adding to your team based off of Eric Swanson and Zach Pop. 
I like it. I like the play. I think the Blue Jays have done a very good job here of accumulating depth because let's be real. Some of these guys just aren't going to perform. Some of these guys are going to get hurt. You're going to need more depth, guys. I think long gone are the days where we have um, like Trent Thornton coming in here, Jacob Waggispack going into here and stuff like that. So I think the Blue Jays have set themselves well here to make a good run. Keep an eye, though, during the end of spring training. There's always guys trying to go through waivers. Maybe Blue Jays at a just another guy. I think we could use another lefty at some point. Like if something happens to Tim Meza right now, um, Matt Gage is our number one lefty. So keep an eye on that. The Blue Jays still might try to make an addition there. But other than that, Riley, I think the Blue Jays have done a pretty good job showing up their bullpen. Yeah. Oh, we definitely like we've definitely it's definitely an improvement on paper and like just through the word of through word of mouth and guys reputations, what guys have done in, in season seasons past. I mean, it's a better bullpen. No doubt about it. Simple, There's yeah. uh, not a lot of guys showing a, a lot of, you know, downside from where they were last year. Absolutely believed we improved in our bullpen. And let's just keep a name on some other pitchers that are likely going to see time in the big leagues this year. Hunjin Ryu is going to come back probably at some point, late July, early August. We'll talk about him as he goes on. We've talked about him in previous episodes. Um, we're going to have an episode coming up here soon about prospects. So we're going to mention about Ricky Tiedemann then. But if he goes down to uh, AAA and has a good spring training, we're going to be hammering on the door. There's go Ricky Tiedemann's probably going to be up at some point this year. But we'll talk about our thoughts for him later as we get onto one of our prospect episodes coming up here, Riley. Riley, that's all I got. Any other pictures you wanted to make sure we touch on or you think we nailed them all here i think i think we're pretty good i mean i uh, not too much to say about guys like uh thomas hatch and um yeah. company guys like that i think the biggest takeaway here is you know we're really banking on i mean we know for a fact that Gosman and Manoa are going to be fantastic as to the degree of, you know, what they do. We don't know. And we would really what we need. It's not what we want, Jesse. What we need is a huge bounce back from Jose Brios and a huge yeah. bounce back from Yusei Kikuchi. That's man. the one. I mean, they're, That's they're, the one. We want them as starting pitchers. We don't want Kikuchi come. We don't want Kikuchi coming out of the pen. We got to have them both. Basically, we got to have them at least both average. We can't have them both bad at the same time. That's not a good recipe, and it won't end well for, for our wins-loss record. If the Jays get good seasons out of those players, it's going to go a long way for the Jays getting into the 90-plus wins and maybe getting an AL East crown and, who knows, maybe a World Series uh, victory. That's going to do it for our episode here today, everybody. Thank you, for everyone, for tuning in. Again, make sure you hit that like button on the way out here and subscribe to our channel. Follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and anywhere you can get our podcast. Do it, Riley. But before we run out of here today, I think you and I both want to give a nice, hearty congratulations to former Blue Jay Scott Rowland on finally getting into the Hall of Fame. I know you were enamored for it. I'm very happy to see this. So congratulations. Congratulations to you, Mr. Scott Rowland. Say your piece on that. Jesse, it's about time, man. I know it yes. wasn't a long time, but Scott Rowland is one of the best first third baseman to play in all in all of MLB history. You go down the list, you I would totally make the biggest comp with him and Mike Schmidt, the Phillies Ooh, yes. great third baseman. Yes. I mean um, Scott Rowland, fantastic defender, hit for average, hit for power, was a good role model, a good ball player, just good ball player person slash whatever you want to say. Winner he won a, he's a World yeah. Series winner. He's now a Hall of Famer, man. I mean, congrats to Scott Rowland. Loved when he was with the Blue Jays in Toronto, man. Those weren't great years maybe for a record, but it was great that he made a trip in, to Canada. Absolutely. And just some new guys who are entering the 2024 ballot. It features some former Blue Jays. Brandon Morrow will be on that ballot. Jose Reyes will be on that ballot. 
and Jose Bautista will be on the 2024 Hall of Fame ballot. So we'll have a lot to talk about there. Um, Riley, anything else to add before we get out of here today? No, that ballot will come around when we talk about it. Don't want to get into that. Not even close now. Jesse, yeah, I'm looking forward to pitchers. Like I said, I cannot judge pitchers. I cannot pitch worth a crap. But <laughs> I think that this year, Jesse, we got the guys who can – we got the guys with the goods. And then the guys who, you know, under under their skin somewhere, there is a good ball player. There's a good pitcher and. For God's sakes, I really hope that it shines out for Mr. Brios and Kikuchi because we need those guys. Because, I mean, we got the team to compete with the Yankees and, and win a pennant here. I mean, no no jokes with that. We got a great ball team, and we really need all hands on deck with all starting pitchers. And I believe our bullpen has improved, and I, I don't have any gripes with them at all. Let's do it. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks again. We'll see you guys again soon.